It's shaping up to be a good week in Major League Soccer. This past weekend, there was a flood of goals. And on Wednesday, in front of more than 60,000 fans, the Montreal Impact will look to set Major League Soccer history. This is the SBI Show. I am Garrett Cleverly. Joining me is Ivis Galarsep up in Canada. Ivis, how you doing, man? Doing pretty well, Garrett. Uh, I made the, the drive up to Montreal today and... Uh, you know, it wasn't that bad a drive. It was the first time I'd ever actually ever made it up here. Uh, it was a pretty decent ride up in a great city. I already got a first kind of uh, glimpses of the city. Uh, you know, great city. And, and two, we're two days away from the, the big final. Uh, more than 60,000. 60, I think it's 61,000. 61, yeah. Uh, are going to fill Olympic Stadium. And it, it's it's going to make for a great, great night. Yeah, I was reading that the uh, Impact are trying to find a way to get even more people into the stadium. I mean, could you imagine if they're pushing, like, let's say Ivis, they find a way to get, like, 10,000 more, pushing 70,000? Oh, atmosphere is going to be insane. Well, one goalkeeper at a time. Maybe they'll get there. Let's get it. How is Montreal, though? I always hear good things about that city. I mean, I've only been here, been here a few hours, so uh, I'll, I'll let you know on Thursday once I get the full scouting report. Once I've had a few a few days to kind of check it all out and enjoy enjoy the the scene, but so far so good. Had a, had a nice dinner and uh, you know was able to hang out with with uh, Nick Sabetti, my Gold dot com teammate uh, and and you know one of the top guys here in Montreal. Uh, covering the impact so it's been good so far so good uh we'll see you tomorrow we'll we'll st- we'll talk to the players and 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 the coaches tomorrow uh, about the final and uh, it's shaping up to be a, a memorable one is this going to be the party scouting report or the tourist scouting report which one are you going to give us well we never give the party scouting report that stays that stay that stays under wraps come on I mean, man you know, one day one day i'll do a, i'll write a book by then it'll a be a book no one's gonna want to read that that's that's the point no one no one will read it so <laughs> it all stays under wraps no but uh you know it's uh it's gonna it's not gonna be an easy one for montreal we'll talk about the mm-hmm. final later in the show yes. but uh you know i tell you what montreal so far so good i'll let i'll when we do our next show uh on friday uh i'll let people know my overall impressions but so far pretty good city nice why well, as you said we'll, we'll save the the preview for the Concacaf champions league uh, here in just a few minutes. Let's look back at the weekend that it was Major League Soccer. Uh, we saw a lot of goals this past weekend. This first match didn't have a lot of goals. New York, LA played to a 1-1 draw. Uh, but obviously it was overall good game. More importantly, New York Red Bulls, they stay undefeated. They're now three wins, three three ties. Uh, they get a very lucky goal at the end of the match. But but overall, Ivis, it was a very good game between two teams that were very disciplined. And it was a very entertaining game uh, for the most part. Yeah, I mean, I think it was a just result. I mean, I know... Uh, you got some comments from the Red Bulls about about that they tried to dictate the game and LA really tried to play for the draw and played a bit too defensive. But you know that that's what if you're a team on the road against a good opponent and you're missing your best player, you're missing the league MVP. There's nothing wrong with going in there and, and with a bit of a defensive mindset. Uh, people are already talking about that with Chelsea in, in the Premier League and how they you know they they've gotten defensive down the stretch. But you know what? If it gets you the results that you need, then it doesn't really matter what what people think at the end of the day i thought the galaxy handled the red bulls pressure pretty well and the, the red bulls as much as you could say yes they dictated possession they had some more of the shots but when you look at the way they beaten some teams this year i think the, the galaxy gave them you know all they could handle and, and like you said it, it came down to a, a fortunate goal um Felipe, a ball deflecting off of felipe martin's head for them to get the result but at the end of the day it's a fair result i think mm-hmm. both teams both teams deserve deserve the point out of this game also uh Props to Bruce Arena for putting in Bradford Jamison for his career goal. Looked, looked pretty good out there, Ivis. He's a young guy. Some people who are familiar with the youth national teams probably are familiar with Bradford Jamison. But maybe a guy who could – look, it's one game. 
but maybe kind of follow the footsteps of Jesse Zardes and, and get some more minutes and then finally progress to someone who's a key contributor to the Galaxy. Right. I mean, it's early It's early days, right? But it's good to see. You like, you like seeing the confidence that he showed uh, in that environment, in that setting. I mean, he, he didn't show any fear. Uh, I was able to talk. I was at the game and I was able to talk to him afterwards and ask him about uh, just that confidence that he showed and, and whether or not the, the, the U-20 tournament, the U-20 qualifying tournament kind of helped instill some confidence in him because he obviously he got some major minutes in a big tournament, big competition. So, you know, that obviously helps your your maturation process, your growth as a player. And he said, yeah, you know, he that experience ha- has helped uh, instill more confidence in him. And obviously when you have a coach like Bruce Arena ha- showing the confidence in you to give you the start in a game like this and in the games, you know, it's been a run of games now, uh, obviously with Robbie Keane missing mm-hmm. uh, like three or four games now. They've needed other players to contribute. Also Jose Villarreal uh, being injured. So it's been a perfect opportunity for Jamison and he's done really well. He, even before this game, he has shown some really good flashes, so it wasn't just a case of this one moment, this one goal. Uh, he's been impressing for a bit now, and for me, he's impressed me more now than maybe he even did at the U20s, and I know he scored some goals with the U20s, but, I mean, I think he's coming along. Also, New York Red Bulls, Ivis, undefeated to start the season. How much longer can they do this? Well, you know, they're a good team. I'm not. They're, they've established themselves. They're, they're one of the top five, six teams, and you can argue right now if you're doing your rankings of the teams based on what they've done so far, they're first or second. Um, but having said that, have they sold me as a definite uh, championship contender? I'm not there yet. I'm, I, I really am not. And, and uh, you know, I say that because I look at some other teams and, and I look at the Galaxy and when they're fully – Stocked when they have Robbie Keane in the in the fold. When you look at a Seattle, when they have a Dempsey and Oba Femi Martins in the fold, um, I think those teams are on another level. Uh, once they're healthy, once they're they have all their their weapons. I mean, LA's getting Steven Gerrard in the summer. Let's not forget about that. So that's scary to uh, think about that. Yeah, it's crazy. So I mean, I think they're in a different stratosphere. I think the Red Bulls are in that second tier, um, where like them and a Vancouver who've shown well uh, this season, even though Vancouver just lost. But uh, I think. <clears throat> Looking at the team that they have, I think they're going to get results. I think they're going to be one of the top – they should finish as one of the top three teams in the East. But do they have it to win the whole thing? I'm not convinced yet. I think they're at least – I think they're still at least like a star player away or uh, you know another designated player away from from getting over the hump this year. I really, I really think that's what they're missing. Having said that, what Jesse Marsh has been able to do to this point mm-hmm. has been extremely impressive considering what they've lost – the turnover that they had there and, and the pieces that he's had to plug in when you're talking about playing a teenager in Matt Miaska uh, as a center back. I mean, that's, and he's done well. I mean, and, and, you know, you're taking a reclamation project like Mike Grella, like Sal Zizo, like these guys are, are, are playing well. You get a guy like Felipe is playing well. I mean, they, they're, they're playing really well for Jesse Martian. Uh, if nothing else, you have to say uh, this, this decision to make him the coach has looked pretty good so far. Well, moving up to the Pacific Northwest, the Seattle Sounders defeated the Portland Timbers 1-0. to Not many chances between the two sides, but Clint Dempsey comes through with the one massive chance for the Seattle Sounders, scores the goal for them. And overall, Ivis, for Seattle, a good result for everyone freaking out over the last few last month, I want to say a few months, but last month, about Brad Evans and, and Zach Scott. I thought they looked pretty good this past weekend. Yes, they had, had a mistake, but overall, I thought they looked pretty good. Good result for Seattle at home against Portland. Right. The result was definitely there. Uh, I know some people came into this match thinking, oh, you know, Seattle should be able 
to, to manhandle Portland. And at the end of the day, they didn't. It was a tough game. To, the Timbers definitely made it tough for them. But Seattle, credit to them. You know, they they pitched the shutout and they get the goal at the end. And, and I think they're starting to slowly come around. Obviously, they're still dealing with some injury issues, uh, some absences. They're, they're not 100% as a team yet, but they're, they're coming around. They're going to be right there at the top at or near the top of the Western Conference. And and for Portland, you have another case of a game where they could have easily gotten a result. I mean, they were right there toward the end. They could have come away with a what would have been a really impressive road point in Seattle. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> they certainly played well enough to get it. Uh, but again, they fell short at the end. They had the break then at the end, and it cost them. If you're Caleb Porter, you're obviously not happy to lose to, to Seattle. But you can't. I think you can't come away from that match and say to yourself, we showed a lot. We sh- we showed quite a bit, and we still have Diego Valeri and Will Johnson coming back. They're, they'll be here soon. Yeah, Will Johnson w- should be very soon, actually. Right. I mean, he's 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 gotten his minutes now with USL, uh, with with T two. You know, they, so once they get those two guys back, I mean, I think they're just going to be on another level. I think uh, th- this time, these first uh, these first couple months, you've had some other players step up, some other players develop. And I think that's going to help their depth down the road. So for me, I know obviously I've been on the bandwagon since before the season, liking well, that's the Timbers. Because you had to support your second family in Portland. We all know that. The, yeah, yeah, exactly. So I mean, I, I tell you what, I think they're going to be fine. I think once they get those two guys in, especially Valerian, well, both of them, Valerian and Johnson, mm. I think they're going to be. I think they're going to be very good. Yeah, I was lucky. I, I had a chance to watch actually Will Johnson play this past weekend here in Arizona, and he looked, you know, he looked a little rusty at times. But overall, though. He, he, he looked like he's about a week away from coming back. And from what I thought, I don't know what his prognosis is, but to me, he's, he looked like he was ready to come back and contribute uh, to the Portland Timbers. But overall, Ivis, I mean, when you look at Portland right now where they are in this season, I mean, they have three loss of, losses. They haven't been blown out in any of those. And, and, and you know, Portland, they've looked good so far for these two first two months to be missing these two huge players. Well, like I, like I pointed out last week, uh, and it, and I think it still stands. They have more points now than they had last year at this time, mm-hmm. and they ha- and they have done that without Valerian Johnson. And and I think when when you look at, I think the way they've played to start the year this year. I mean, there's been some matches where they haven't gotten results, but there've been some matches where they absolutely could have gotten all three points. They played well enough to get all three points, and their matches like the Seattle match where they could have gotten a point. And I think it's as frustrating as that is for 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 Porter. I think it's having uh, players in this setup that are stepping up and that are showing a lot. Uh, once you get those guys, sh- uh, their confidence building, and then you plug in a guy like a Valeri, who is one of the top playmakers, if not the best playmaker in the league. Uh, I'm telling you, they, they are going to click. And um, their defense has always been the big question mark, right? I mean, uh, they bring in a Nat Borchers and he's, he's looked very good. He's slid right in and been the anchor that they've needed. Uh, so you have him, you have Alvis Powell continuing, continuing to mature. Uh, Coressi, the goalkeeper, there's, there's some questions still. He's still settling in. Is he going to be an elite-level goalkeeper? That's kind of what they're hoping he'll be. Um, so there's still some questions there. But like I said, I think once they get these two these two star midfielders in, I think they'll start to push their way back up the Western standings. We're moving over to the Eastern Conference. Toronto FC, Ivis, they finally stopped the bleeding. The four-match losing streak has come to an end. They defeated Orlando City two to zero. Josie Altador. I mean, Ivis. Come on, man. Where has that been so far this season? Ah, well, look. He, <laughs> uh, you know, it's a lot of different things, right? I mean, it's getting the service. 
Uh, it's also the fact that he was playing in Florida, his home state, and he cannot stop scoring in Florida. Uh, he's gotten five goals in, a, in his, his last three appearances in Florida, by my count. Uh, for those who forget, you know, he scored in the fall uh, when the U.S. national team played there. And then he scored a double against Nigeria in Jacksonville uh, back during the World Cup send-off series. So he, you know what, he's done pretty well. If, you, if you're starting to, if you, the people who want to start the Miami expansion team, you might want to put, get, start thinking about putting a bid in for Jose Altador. But kidding aside, look, Toronto FC's, they've, Toronto FC's been on the road since the beginning. They're obviously, BMO Field's being renovated, so they're forced to play on the road. They needed this result. They needed this result because the results had definitely not been going their way before this so for them to go on the road against a good orlando team and I, and, I, and i know some people look at the standings and, and and look at orlando's record and think that they're not a good team i think they're a good team i still think obviously they need a, a forward badly they need a finisher they need a an elite level guy up top uh i mean that would make all the difference because i think their midfield is there i think their defense is is, is decent to to good um and it, you know adrian heath man he's got to be pulling his hair out uh watching another game where when you looked at that first half, they were the they were the better team in the first half. Mm-hmm. They they outplayed Toronto. Uh, they, they had the better of the ball, the better of the play. But again, the goals are not coming. They're not producing goals, and that's killing them. Uh, and again, at home, at home, it's crazy. At home with the fan support that they have, uh, it's almost a little like Portland. It's like they're a little Portland of the Eastern Conference. Because if you know, if you look, remember last year with Portland. Uh, it's as if they did better on the road than at home. And even this year again, Portland is is, is doing better. Uh, in some ways on the road than at home. And, and Orlando is similar. Orlando can't have yet to win at home, even though they've had great fan uh, support, great turnouts at the Citrus Bowl. Um, but again, I, I think they're a forward away. I just don't think any of these guys, I don't think, I think Kyle Aaron is talented, but he's still raw and I think he needs time. Brian Roche was supposed to be a guy who stepped in and be an impact player and he hasn't really shown it. Uh, so then you're asking yourself, you know, what what do we need to do? If we're Orlando City, I think they need to go hit the market and get uh, a quality forward. And I think they have the resources to do that. So we'll see uh, what they do this summer because I think they – I really think if they can get a, a, a high-end forward, they'll – I mean, in the Eastern Conference, I mean, the way the Eastern Conference is shaping up, they'll be right there. So so this game is not a fluke, fluke for Toronto FC. People can relax and view this as a positive thing, not just some fluke. Oh no, it was not a fluke. I mean, I, I think they 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 did what they had to do on the road, and I think in the second half they turned it on. I think they 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 wanted that game, and in the second half I think it showed. I think they 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 were the better team in the second half, and they obviously Altidore took his chance as well. Um, I liked what I saw from them in the second half of that game, um, and obviously before in the weeks before there've been some really ugly performances from Toronto. But the second half of this Orlando game, if you're Greg Vanny, you look at that game, you look at that and you say, this is where things turn around. This is when we start to show what everyone expected us to show at at the start of the season. Because let's face it, most of us pegged them to be a top three team with the talent that they brought in. Um, And I know it's happened before. I know in years past they've had they, they, you know, just a year ago, they were. Jermaine Defoe, it's a bloody big deal, all that stuff. They didn't make the playoffs. And so what's different? I think we'll see in the next in the next few weeks if they can build on this win. Um, you know, I think they'll be headed in the right direction. And I do think they will turn it around. And what was, uh, with no question, Ivis, the worst game of the weekend, Sporting Kansas City and Houston Dynamo played to a, a 4-4 draw. <laughs> well, for those who missed the last episode, I did say I thought this would be a snoozer. I thought I, I didn't think there would be many goals, if any goals. I did say you don't want to watch this game 
Unless you're a fan of these. I probably said all that stuff. Maybe you did. I, you, I think I you did say all those things. I the second stuff, the game I, I, ended, I, I, everyone on I, Twitter I, blew you and I up. Well, listen. I, <laughs> it was obvious as soon as I said all that stuff that it was it was bound to be a jinx. And and that's it. four four man, unbelievable. Mm-hmm. I know there were, I know there's going to be questions about that red card to Jermaine Taylor and you know was it deserving? Uh, it changed the game completely. But how about Casey? How about Benny Failhaber, who was playing out of his mind? Um, you know, you, you have to expect him to, to pull a uh, pull his jersey up and have a you know Jurgen, are you watching T-shirt underneath there? He is playing some of the best soccer in the league right now, and uh, for a KC team that you know losing Ico Power, that's such a devastating blow for them. Uh, they need to start scoring goals. The whole idea of them being just this team that pressures opponents and tries to grind out wins, it's going to be really tough to do that when you lose a defender like Ike Pyra. So it's good to see their attack step up. But again, you give up four goals uh, to a Houston team that no one would call an offensive juggernaut. That is a cause for concern. Mm-hmm. But I think for them, considering they were down in that game, to get a point, I think they're going to come way happy with that. Well, I think there's a lot of positives for, for both teams to take away from this. I mean, Giles Barnes, I have a score of brace in this one. Dominic Dwyer gets a goal. Benny Fellhaber uh, has a brace in this one. The PK and, and the goal at the very end to secure the draw. So even though both teams walked away with one point, probably hoping that they could walk away with three points, I think overall some teams, both teams can take positives from the ma- from this match and go forward for, go forward with it. No, I agree. I agree. I mean, I you know, I, I think uh, for me, hey, look, Houston, I got to say, they, they impressed me a bit. I mean, for them to, to be able to put four on the board, uh, a team that has struggled to kind of show much in the attack this year, um, and all of a sudden, you look at the results. They're kind of slowly but surely kind of putting some results together here. Uh, and no, are they, I, I, I still would stand by the idea that no, they're not one of the prettier teams to watch. But, you know, it, I think this game you saw quite a bit more than you've seen in the past few weeks, at least from their attack. And hey, Eric Kubo Torres will be here before you know it. And I do agree that I think he. Once he gets there, that's going to be a huge boost for them. Uh, DC United defeated the Vancouver Whitecaps 2-1. Uh, to one, Bobby Boswell, Chris Rolf with goals in this one. Uh, more importantly, Elvis, we did talk about this, uh, and that was uh, have DC being able to bring back Fabian Espindola. He looked great for DC, who knocked off uh, Vancouver Whitecaps, who are the leaders in the Western Conference. Yeah, that was a big one. I mean, no, no question. Uh, very impressive for DC to go there and get that point. Um, I mean, to get that win. Uh, Vancouver, man, they're a tough one to figure out because I mean, there's times when they play and they look so good, um, but then there's times they come out flat. And and I, I don't think anyone's going to panic for Vancouver. I think they're still a top team. But credit to DC to go on the road. That's a big win. That's a big confidence booster mm-hmm. for them. Conf- confidence building win. Um, no Bill Hamid in goal for them. I mean, I think if I recall that. I mean, that's big. So, you know what? We'll see where they go from here. We'll see where, where if with this Spindola, like you said, with this Spindola back now, that's a big boost to their attack and uh, and their defense is, is once again uh, looking like that team, that defense we saw last year. So I think they're they're headed in a good direction. And, and mm-hmm. when we were a month into the season, when you had no Spindola, no, the Eddie Johnson news dropping that he's probably not coming back, it, things were not looking good. But credit to Ben Olsen. He's done a great job to, to get them headed, you know, Rolling pretty well in the beginning of the season. Yeah, well, look, DC has a good team. I have Bobby Boswell, Sean Franklin, uh, Chris Pontius. I mean, they, they got good players all, all over the board. I mean, it also doesn't help that Vancouver, uh, that Matias Lava gets a red card. I mean, obviously at home, 10 men down, that, that's, you know, goes without saying, but still, on the road, DC, good result. Right. I mean, I'm not going to take it away from DC, but I mean, let's be fair. If if not for that, I mean, if, if Vancouver's 11, they have their full 11. 
if Lob is on the field, I think they win that game. I really do. But you know what? Cards happen. Red, red cards happen. And, and if you're a team like Vancouver, you have to be able to adapt and adjust. Credit to D.C. They took advantage of it uh, because that, that obviously changed the game, and they were able to take advantage of that. Uh, New England Revolution were all over Real Salt Lake. They defeated them 4-0. to zero. And then if, uh, if you're a Real Salt Lake fan, Ivis, you just say, keep moving. We'll, we'll focus on next week. Well, you're a Real Salt Lake fan, so is no, that what I'm you did? No, I'm not. Oh, my gosh. Why do you say these things? Uh, I'm just kidding. Um, no, but you know, two things. Number one, it, it was a really shorthanded Real Salt Lake team. Obviously, you have Schuler, who's going to be out for a while. You have Javier Solalavi suspended. You have Javier Morales is not there. Nick Romano's not there. So, obviously, it's a, a lot of a lot of key, key absences. Now, having said that, New England played really well. I mean, they took it to them. They were all over them. And, you know, if you're a New England fan, you love seeing some of these performances that you saw from the likes of a Scotty Caldwell, a Juan Agadello, Lee Wynn. I mean, they, 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 they played great. They mm. played great. You had Jermaine Jones in the back. Uh, doing his thing at center back, even though he doesn't want to really play center back, but he still did his thing. So, I mean, tell you what, man, New England right now, if you're asking me who in the East really is impressing you right now, it's New England. I, when you just look at the run of results that they've had, obviously they started the season terribly, and everyone was all, you know, kind of in panic mode a little, like, oh, maybe this team's not going to be that good. But I tell you what, look at the last run of results they had. They right now, for me, are the be- they're playing the best soccer in the Eastern Conference. For, right for New England, they started off the season with uh, back to back. Uh, losses and then since then six matches four wins two draws Ivis. yeah pretty good man Jay Heaps has him has him in a good direction and and I tell you what man as they've had their injury issues obviously uh, in the back I mean you have Gonzalez out you have Dar- uh, you have Barnes uh, Darius Barnes now who, who had had shown well early in the season that that's that's a tough one uh, to lose him you, you you're gonna have to think about going and getting some depth uh, in the back. But they've dealt with all that. And now when you look at the depth that they have in that squad, think about it. Look at the attacking weapons that they have at their disposal. You have Davies, Agadello, Wynn, Rowe, Bunbury, Fagundes. Like, you can't even get them all on the field, right? I mean, it's crazy when you look at a Kellen Rowe as well as he's played this year. And he was he didn't even start in this match. So, he played 22 minutes on, on this weekend. Yeah. So, I mean, in, in a way, it, it, it's, a, it's a good problem to have uh, if you can manage – the personnel, if you can get them to buy into spreading the minutes around and keeping everybody fresh. And I think Jay Heaps is doing that. He's doing that really well. And it's great to see Charlie Davies, man. I mean, Charlie Davies, um, you know, I know some people are like talking, ch- uh, you know, national team. I don't know if I'm oh there. Oh, my ready. gosh. I, I, Who says I'm not that ready. stuff? I, 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 I saw it on Twitter. Oh, my gosh. Names. Well, look, I, I, it's a little, you know, I'm not ready to say that. But having said that, he's playing really well. Well enough, in fact, that Jay Heaps put, you know, he put Agadello on the left wing uh, as opposed to, you know, play him as a target striker. So if Davies is playing well, as Agadello, Win Bunbury, uh, they're going to be tough to stop. I mean, and, and guess what? We're going to find out very soon who is the true top dog in the East because New England gets to play the Red Bulls. And I think uh, we're going to see for ourselves just who is the best team in the East. Um, we also like though Ivis on the other hand we're two months into the season this is now back to back losses for them their wins are over San Jose Toronto they haven't really looked impressive is this how Real Salt is going to be for the season just a team that's able to make it to the playoffs or do you think this is a team where a few months from now they can find a way to really turn it on and, and make that run that we've seen them make over the last couple of years nah man I th- honestly I think their peak years have, have passed them by and I, and I think you know when you go through a 
so many years of, of losing pieces to that puzzle. Uh, it's funny because just you know early during night, you know, I was talking about Real Salt Lake in that 2011 Champions League final, and and how that RSL team was so so good. When you think about the pieces that they had, the lineup that they had, and even though maybe they didn't have the the overall silverware haul that you would have expected for that talent the the team that they put together but they've been slowly for years now dismantling that team right when you think about will johnson uh olave before he came back you have borchers uh now grab has gone winger it's gone um they, little by little they 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 they, they you know They've lost that team. It's not the same team. Obviously, you have the you have a nucleus there with with Beckerman, um, Morales, Romando, uh, and then you have Olave back. They they still have a nice nucleus there, but I I just, I just don't know, man. I just don't know if they have it uh, at this point um, to really do much in the Western Conference. I mean, I think right now they're on the fringes. They're a team that's probably going to be you know if they're lucky five six in the West. I mean, I think I don't think that's a stretch. So and you know what? I don't think anyone should be surprised if they miss the playoffs altogether. Uh, Columbus was all over the Philadelphia Union, four to one. Union had one shot on goal. Not much to really say about the Union, but for Columbus though, Ivis, uh, Ethan Finley had a brace. Kai Kamara looked great in this game. Columbus man, looking looking very good so far this season. Yeah, man. Uh, I tell you what, the the teams in the East that we thought would do well, or that I thought they're they're starting to step up. We, you know, you want to talk about Toronto finally turning it around with a win. Um, you know, obviously New England is on a roll, and Columbus man, they, they're. They're hitting a they're hitting a good stride, and um, you know Kamara has been great for them, no question. He's he's really uh, been the upgrade that they needed. I mean, let's remember last year when we looked at that team, uh, is they were the only New England was hotter down the stretch than Columbus, and Columbus was doing it with with really really mediocre forwards. Then you go with plug in a guy like Kai Kamara, and 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 that mm-hmm. makes all the world a difference. So now that you have an effective guy up top like that i mean that is what they were missing and now because they have them they're going to be right there they're going to be competing for the top spot in the east i think it's going to you know you're talking about them you're talking about new england obviously i think the red bulls now have kind of forced their way in i still say maybe they need a dp but columbus they're looking good i I gotta say there's not there's not much bad i can say about them uh philadelphia though ivis (laughs) do they have any (laughs) chance this season poor jim Curtin. Right, I mean, and, and it's a, it's a, I don't know, I don't know what to say, man. It was a disaster. That 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 was just an, an awful performance. And and you know, it's one thing to expect them to lose to the crew. It's another to see them just completely overmatched and look lost out there. And uh, I don't know, I don't know if the what I don't know what's going to stop the bleeding. I really don't. I, I I got no answers. I look at that lineup. I look at that team, and I feel like they should be better. But you know what? We'll see if the pressure starts to build. <laughs> On Curtin, will will he start to face some of the pressure now, or will Curtin now start to really shake things up in terms of his starting lineup and, and in terms of benching guys because it just has not nearly been good enough. You should have trusted my prediction, Ivis. <coughs> what was that? That Philadelphia was going to be second worst team, or not? I say I think they said I think I said they're going to be the worst team in the East this year. Uh, I don't, I don't remember. I know I, I did. I, I'm sure you did say that, but I'm I'm sure they were they weren't the only team you had near at the bottom. That I think I had them, this, Chicago, and Montreal. And actually, speaking of Chicago, I was look stop the presses. They've won three games in a row. They defeated NYCFC one to zero. Chicago Fire, man. I was they're, they're starting they're starting to turn it around here. Yes, sir, Frank. I tell you what, Frank Gallup. You know, he looked like a, he looked completely lost three weeks into the season. You wondered if he'd make it to the summer. 
And now here they are, three wins in a row. And no one's saying they're like de- destroying people, but they're they're getting results. They're getting wins. And obviously, Ryan Mira's blunder helped. Uh, David Akam, credit to him, he pounced on it and 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 put it away. Uh, three wins in a row, man. They 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 they're starting to build some momentum. And you know, we always said when we looked at the team they put together, it's one thing to put together a bunch of, of players, a new of new faces. And kind of have a laundry list of new guys, and then getting the, the key is always getting that to work, getting those puzzle pieces to fit together. And right now, after three straight wins, you got to think that they're starting to build some chemistry there. They're starting to gain some confidence there. Uh, do I? Th- I don't know. Do I think they're a top team in the East? No, I don't think. I still don't think they're in that top four. But now you have to put them in the conversation at least early on. Like they're looking like a team that that is a serious playoff contender. NYCFC, Ivis. What's what's going on with them? It's just injuries, man. It's a lot. Obviously, David V is big for them. Uh, you know some of the other injuries that, that they had. I mean, they're missing Ivis. a lot of guys. That's so, four. That's four losses in five games. Well, it's a, they've been in a lot of those games. You know, missing guys. I mean, Via's missed a bunch of games. Um, but you always knew it was going to be growing pains. I mean, I you know I, I wasn't on that hype train that thought oh they'd come in in year one and kill it. Um, but I think, like, actually, what I, what I, if I remember correctly, what I said is I think by the end of the season we'll start to see them hit a good stride once they have their full complement of players. Once you get Frank Lampard on board, once once the, you know once Jason Christ has some time to really put that team together. But anyone who thought that they would really do well from the start of the season and roll throughout, I mean, that's just not realistic. I mean, I just I think there were just too many question marks there, and obviously all these injuries. I mean, you can't you know it's hard to. Hard to predict the team just dealing with as many different absences that they've had to deal with. Uh, FC Dallas, Colorado Rapids played to a 1-1 draw. Uh, Mauro Diaz had the goal in this one from a very nice pass from Fabian Castillo. Blas Perez gets a red card in the second half. Then Nick LaBraca scores for the Colorado Rapids. Uh, you know, for Dallas, they're going to be kicking themselves, Ivis, especially Blas Perez, for, for not being able to walk away with three points in this match. I know. Blatt, come on. Blatt, what are you doing, Blas Perez? What are you doing? I know some FC Dallas fans will, will say, oh, Drew Moore dove. He barely got touched. But, you know, obviously there wasn't a there wasn't one definitive camera angle on the incident. But for those who missed it, Blas Perez got a red card for, for what looked like either a shove or a karate chop to the throat or some action where he struck drew moore drew moore went down his head snapped back when he was when contact was made and and blast press was sent off and the thing about that is you looked at when, when you're watching that game fc dallas looked like they could absolutely walk away with with that game that they, and they should have they should have won that game but obviously when you once blast press goes out and you're down to 10 men uh playing in altitude Playing a Colorado team that is confident after having smashed you just a few weeks earlier, um, they open the door. They open the door for Colorado to come back and get that point, and it's on Blas Perez. And as much as he's he's been big for them and he scored goals for them this year and years past, you have to be smarter than that, especially a veteran player like him. Uh, we all know that he practices in the dark arts, in the diving, in the in the cheap shots, in the selling plays to the referee like make to make the referee think he's been hit or run into he's he's all about that kind of shady stuff uh and and i've said it over and over and then this was a case where he got caught this was a case where maybe he thought he could slip one by and he could he could you know push or hit or whatever he did to do more and he thought he could get away with it not this time the referee happened to be looking right at the play 
and sent him off. And if you watch the highlight, if you watch the replay, you even see like Ryan Holling, you know, the Ryan Hollingshead, uh, his teammate. He kind of he had that kind of face. It's like, come on, bro, really? You're gonna do that? Get thrown out of this game? Uh, so you know what? I mean, FC Dallas, they got to feel disappointed because they could have got, they could have easily gotten a road win here. Credit to Colorado. I think they showed some. Uh, some toughness there at the end and uh, some determination to get the point. All right, moving over to the CONCACAF Champions League final. Ivis, you're in Montreal, Canada for a reason. On Wednesday, Montreal looked to become the first Major League Soccer club to win the CONCACAF Champions League, and that's a home and away series, not just single elimination. DC United, LA Galaxy fans are going to be like, it's home and away. Uh, the big thing, Ivis, that did come out is that Evan Bush's suspension is upheld. He'll be missing the game on Wednesday. Montreal has gone out and signed Christian Nick from Indy 11. Uh, would you make of this move, Ivis? Would it seem a little weird if they brought in someone like uh, Sean Johnson, someone to that degree, but bringing in a Christian Nick goalkeeper? What did, what did you make of all the developments that came that came out over the last 24 hours? Well, I think the early rumors, the early talk of Sean Johnson – I thought that was just absurd, and you know it does sound like that was there was re, there was truth to it, and I think MLS and the Fire and the Montreal were ready to try to make it happen, and I think if I really think it would have made a mockery of the entire competition, and it's one thing I get it right, and it, the the rules that that Concacaf has written for this competition have have wiggle room for such a move, but you know what I don't know, I just think in the spirit of competition, I don't know how 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 sporting or fair it would have been for Montreal to pluck a player off of another team within their league just to play in one game. I mean, that's like, where do you draw the line? I mean, I, I tweeted that myself. I was like, you know, are you going to have Bradley Wright Phillips wearing a, uh, you know, a Mohawk wig a la da- and pretend to be Dominic Aduro? Are you going to you know, have Michael, <laughs> Michael Bradley, you know, rolling in, rocking a Lawrence Simon jersey and like, you know, try to hope people think he's Simon? Like, like what's where do you draw the line? Right. And I think at the at the end of the day, they did what they should have did. I mean, they, they they had the opportunity to go sign a player. And they did that, and they went and got Christian Nick from Indy 11, a player who they are very familiar with. And and I think at the end, I, I know some people have issue took issue with it. I know there was some some kind of hand wringing on on Twitter and making the rounds about that move. I have zero problem with that move. Montreal had the money, the cap space, the roster spot to make this move, and they made it. So I mean, I you know I know there continues to be questions about transparency in MLS, and I agree. That there needs to be more transparency. Uh, MLS needs to, you know, stop being so secretive because it, it definitely raises questions about about everything that they do, and it makes you wonder uh, how real some of these rules are and how many of these rules are kind of made up on the fly. So that does need to change. But having said that, based on the rules that we know and based on how the rules are written in Concacaf and MLS, I don't think Montreal did anything wrong in signing this guy. And Ivis, let's keep talking about this game. Let's bring in Goal.com's Nick Sabetti. Nick, how you doing today? I'm uh, doing well. Thanks for having me, guys. It's a pleasure having you on. It took to the, the 11th hour, but the Montreal Impact pulled it off. They're bringing in goalkeeper Christian Nick from Indy 11. Uh, Nick, can you give us a little more details on, on how this went down? Well, I think I got the announcement 30, I think it was like 30 minutes before the deadline. So uh, for a moment, I was wondering if they were actually going to get a goalkeeper in the end. Uh, but obviously with, uh, with Evan Bush, um, suspended, uh, Eric Kronberg, uh, the second goalkeeper, um, cup tied having already played in the champions league with, uh, sporting Kansas city. And then, um, 
you know, the impact is that they did already have to bring in uh, John Smith, who's a goalkeeper from FC Edmonton, as a backup to Evan Bush. Uh, and then the other goalkeeper that they have is 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 uh, is Maxine Cripeau, but although he's a kind of a youngster, so uh, they're in a situation where um, they have John Smith, but they from Edmonton, but I think that they wanted to bring in another goalkeeper um, that maybe that could maybe with more experience that could start, and obviously um, uh, Christian Nick is, is a player that's you know he's 33, um, he is playing in the NASL, but. He does have a lot of experience in, in the German league. Um, obviously, a veteran player, so they probably feel more comfortable with him. And obviously, the impact initially, um, uh, we're hoping to, to acquire a player uh, from a, a goalkeeper from MLS for this game. Um, but that didn't happen in the end because MLS kind of pulled the plug on any kind of deal. So this is uh, where we are now. Now, Nick, you, you were on top of this whole thing. Uh, over the weekend and uh, the whole Sean Johnson uh, rumor and, and conversations and, and, and from what we're hearing, from what I'm hearing, I think from what you're hearing, is that that deal was pretty much done. And then once it kind of leaked out, the backlash kind of uh, convinced MLS to go in another direction. How, how did you kind of see this whole thing uh, play out? Were you were you even surprised when you kind of first got wind of this possibility of Sean Johnson going to Montreal? Yeah, you know, it's funny because it, uh, we, we were in we were in Mexico last week, and uh, and before um, before the flight back, we we spoke with Adam Braz, the technical director of the Impact, and you know, we I we we asked him if it was possible to bring in a player alone, and then in a separate question, we asked if it was possible to bring in a player um, from MLS, um, and in both occasions, Braz said yes, and then I kind of just put two and two together and figured that well, they can bring in a player from MLS on loan. But at the time, it was funny because it didn't occur to me that that would actually be like, you know, that, that would actually kind of be a big deal if they would actually do something like that. For me, it was just like a normal thing. Yeah, you would kind of go and get a player from MLS. I didn't kind of realize what the... Um, um, I, d- I didn't make much of it at the time. And then I, I sort of casually um, made some phone calls on Saturday uh, and discovered that they, they were, in fact, getting goalkeeper... Uh, looking to, to seek a kind of get a goalkeeper, and they and they had uh, on Friday. It seemed like they, um, yeah, we were having conversations with Chicago over bringing Sean Johnson. I think the part of the reason why they wanted him, well, what the reason why they wanted him was because Sean Johnson has already played at Sumare, who's already played at Duca, so maybe if he comes in, he's a bit more comfortable. And Chicago didn't mind bring, sending him over here for one game because they they want to sell him in the summer and it would be good exposure to have him play in a game like a Champions League final. So both parties seemed interested. Obviously, Chicago wanted compensation uh, from the league. I heard something in the ballpark about about 75000 in allocation money. Um, I don't know if it, was, it ended up being more than that. I don't know. But, um, but yeah, it certainly seemed like it was very close to being, uh, being done. By even, I think, would say Friday night. I learned about this on Saturday. Um, and at the time, I when I... When I and when I when I when I put it out, I, I really didn't think much of it. And then I saw the backlash and the people kind of the uproar that, that it caused. And I'm like, realized, like, yeah, actually, this is a big deal. You know, it's not uh, for for an MLS for for the impact to do this is actually, um, <laughs> you know, it's not a small thing. Um, but I didn't actually realize what I had on my hands until I put it out on Twitter and saw what people were saying about it. <laughs> so that was kind of funny. I thought the only novel thing about my about my tweets was the fact that I was um, 
um, putting the names out, the players of, of, that the impact were kind of going after. But otherwise, but yeah, it's, I, I, I would I, yeah, it seems like what happened was, um, um, and, you know, and then, and then, and then, uh, Frank Gallup confirmed, uh, I, I think it was yesterday, uh, in a teleconference, I think it was either yesterday or today. Monday. Um, it was Monday. It was Monday. Uh, so it was Monday. What day are we? Well, it's late Monday night well, for you guys. Yeah, it's Tuesday. Tuesday for you. It's right, Tuesday. Yeah. Right. Right. So yeah. And he confirmed, he, he, he confirmed by teleconference that, that, that there were the talks and all that. And, uh, so, uh, so yeah, it seemed, I think the backlash and obviously a lot of us going on, I think he went on TV at halftime and was very strong against it. And you know what? I think it, in the end, uh, I think it makes sense that this didn't go through because it would be, you know, it's a, obviously the impact. There was a kind of loophole. They what the it was. It, it would have been, I think, legal for them to bring in a player on on loan from MLS, but it, it doesn't look very good. No. And uh, I don't know what you guys make of it, but for me, in in like a in thinking about it more, I, I don't think that would have been a very good situation. Right. I mean, it definitely it would have been a farce, no doubt about it. And actually, I mean, what, what I what I would be curious to see or hear is what what the Montreal players thought of that possibility. Mm-hmm. The sense I get in some of the in talking to some of the people that I talk to that is that not even that the players themselves weren't necessarily on board with this idea. You know, they they as a group they've gotten this far, they've gotten to this point, and obviously you're in a situation where you need an emergency goalkeeper, but to go borrow a a starter from a, uh, in a, another team in your league, that that definitely, I don't know if it would have rubbed even Montreal players the right way. Um, now, having said that, Christian Nick has been, Christian Nick has been with uh, Montreal before. So, I mean, do you think he, he's going to be able to settle in pretty quickly and, and, and make a smooth transition into this starting role in such a big game? Yeah, he certainly isn't new to the impact. He was there in preseason uh, as the impact prepared for the uh, for their uh, quarterfinal matchup with Pachuca, and he was there on the bench with them, so he certainly got a lot of training sessions with them. Uh, he's certainly familiar with uh, with the players and and whatnot. So I, I, it's hard it's hard to say. Obviously, he's going to come in. Uh, he's going to have one training session, um, and I would expect. I well, I would expect. I, I know for for near certainty that he will um, he will probably he will start the game um i mean i i don't i don't i don't know i don't know if it's obviously the fact that he's already been here that's already been at the players helps a lot and um but i don't know one training session obviously um i think a lot of it the, the one training session maybe they'll spend a bit more time working on set pieces just kind of getting uh getting familiar with the teammates and whatnot so but yeah, obviously it's it's less than an ideal situation in the goalie to come in and in such a big game. I mean, it's a, it's 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 a huge game. Uh, Sixty, there's gonna be sixty-one thousand at the stadium, and and Pachuca is gonna uh, Pachuca, sorry, excuse me, uh, Club America is gonna is gonna you know we saw in that f- first leg that uh, they had a lot of corner kicks, a lot of free kicks, um, uh, a lot of situations that Bush had to deal with, and I would expect that it's going to be very much the same in, in this game on Wednesday. So he's he's definitely going to have a lot to deal with. So it, uh, I think it, it could be uh, maybe even potentially a determining, you know, his performance could potentially be a determining factor in the game as to whether the impact uh, uh, win the Champions League final or not. When, when you speak about winning the Champions League final, you know, the biggest question for everyone right now is, is can Montreal win? And, and going into this game, Montreal at home, Club America has to get an away goal. I mean, how much pressure is on Montreal right now? And, and how is the team, you know, how, how is the atmosphere of the team going into this game on Wednesday? 
You know, the funny thing is they've played uh, between the league and the Champions League this year. They've played, I think it's about nine games. And they've only won one game. <laughs> they've only won the game against Alouelense at home, the 2-0. Um, and and the, one of the things in the Champions League that they, uh, you know, they, they've just kind of gotten through and gotten the job done. And now they're coming home. And the 1-1, it's, I mean, it's a good result. Um, but, you know, they basically need to come home and win. I mean, I'm not sure that they can play up for the 0-0. Um, and so that's going to be that's going to be difficult. But obviously, Club America is coming into this game having played a game, a big game against Chivas, the rival, you know, one of the rivals in, in, in Mexico on Sunday, and they just got in a couple hours ago. Um, and this is Monday night, so they're only going to get one training session in. And they looked, you know, a little bit tired. They have some injuries to deal with, so they're not coming in certainly at a hundred percent. And the impact have had. Um, all week to prepare for this, so that's certainly an advantage. Um, the conditions at Olympic Stadium, uh, the turf is awful. <laughs> it's basically uh, like I was telling guys before the show. It's it's basically just cement with a carpet over it. <laughs> there's no soil. There's no nothing. It's you're ba- you're essentially playing on cement. It, 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 and the quality of the turf is is not very good at all. It's not of you know the highest kind of level turf. So um, that's not something that Club America will be used to. And so all these factors. I think playing the impacts favor, but obviously Club America is, you know, it's going to be, uh, is going to, you know, is going to kind of come out and play for the win. And probably I would expect a similar game to the one that we saw um, in the first leg where the impact sits back and, and tries to counter. But then again, you know, with the goalkeeper behind you, that's maybe, you know, there's that uncertainty of the goalkeeper behind you. Maybe you don't want to sit so deep on your end and, and just kind of let them cross in the box and because you have a goalkeeper that might be, you know, maybe might be a little bit shaky. So that will be really interesting to to look at. Yeah, it should definitely be a, a, a fun game to watch. I, I was I was lucky enough to be in Salt Lake City back in 2011 when Real Salt Lake lost to Monterey and in the final then. And, and, you know, that that was Real Salt Lake's best chance or MLS's best chance for a title. But here we are in Montreal uh, with a really good chance. And, and I myself just got into Montreal and uh, where we were hanging out earlier with uh, Nick and I, uh, my, my Goal.com teammate, by the way. Should, if you if you haven't if you don't read them yet, you should definitely check them out. Go to Goal Canada um, and check out Nick's uh, coverage, top notch coverage on Montreal. I, I do want Nick. I do want to ask you. I have to ask you since uh, you, you gave me the the rundown on Montreal, but I also gave you the rundown on Uber. You had your first. <laughs> you had your first Uber experience. Tell the people, tell the listeners what you thought of your first Uber yeah, experience. Yeah, I lost my Uber virginity or whatever you say is like the first nice. time. Or, yeah, no, I, no, I, actually, you know what? Um, I, I'm, I'm think of, I think of, I felt like I felt happy, but at the same time, I felt like my God, all these, all these years, these last couple of years of taking taxis in Montreal or, you know, or you know, other places, and 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 while Uber was around, and and I didn't take advantage of that. Um, but yeah, it's pretty phenomenal. I had a good conversation my drive with my driver, and I don't know, I don't know what car I got, but he had a BMW, so I don't know if I picked the right like setting as to which car to choose. And we had a good conversation. He's from Morocco. I practiced my French, but nice. uh, you know. So uh, no, it was it was it was uh, it was uh, I was oh, it's it's phenomenal. Nice. I mean, nice. the taxi the taxi's got to be running scared. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not a good, it's not a good time to be a taxi driver, but uh, I'm glad you enjoyed it, and and that's a free ride for you and a free ride for me. I love it. Best part about it. <laughs> so, all right, well, you guys be safe up in Montreal, Nick. Thank you for jumping on the show with us today. Everyone can follow Nick on Twitter at Nick Sabetti. Enjoy the game on Wednesday, and, and we'll catch up later. Thanks, guys. Talk soon. And I was going into this game on Wednesday. There just seems to be a lot more pressure on Club America, especially getting in the day before the match. Uh, this is going to be the third match in eight days. They have a few injuries. They had a huge match on Sunday. It just seems like Montreal at home, it, this, it just seems like going to this match, they're going to be a little more relaxed than Club America, who may be a little bit on edge. I don't know how much on edge they're, they're going to be, but I do think that the, the, any idea that it's going to be a cakewalk I think is just a little misguided. I mean, there there are so many other factors at play. Um, you know, when you talk about playing in front of a sold out Olympic stadium, you're going to have sixty thousand uh, Montreal fans uh, rooting for their team, and that's going to give them a certain uh, level of energy. I think the fact that they're rested, Montreal's rested. Club America's coming off obviously a big game. They did rest some players, which was a risky move on their part. Um, you know, to, to, to have a classical, you know, they, a tough, big, important league game, uh, and then to you know hop on a plane and have and have to come up a Canada, to Canada a day later, I think that's gonna that can definitely play a part in these in, in this whole thing. Um, so there are things working in Montreal's favor. Now, having said that, they still have to do it on the field. Their defense still has to try and contain Club America and all the weapons that they have. And anyone who didn't see them in the semifinal second leg absolutely obliterate Herediano. This team, this team can put four goals on you in a minute, in a heartbeat. I mean, you know, just I mean, if you want to say, similar to what Bayern Munich, you know, did with Porto just last last week in the Champions League. I mean, it's that level of of, of, of a attacking threat that they bring. Now, Montreal will have a lot of things in their favor. They have the rest factor. They'll have the support factor, the familiarity with playing at Olympic Stadium and the terrible conditions at Olympic Stadium with that awful turf. Uh, they, 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 you know, it's home field for a reason, and 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 it can work in their favor. But they still have to bring it. They still have to play. They have to score. In my opinion, I don't think. Like I agree with you. I don't think there's gonna. It, there's just no chance there's gonna be a zero zero. I just see zero chance, and I'm sure I'm jinxing it by saying that. But you, you are jinx. <laughs> you you are jinx to begin with. Probably, but I just do not <laughs> see any way, any way we're going to see a 0-0. I just don't see it. So having said that, if that's the case, then you kind of need to score a goal, you, at least one goal. You're going to need to score, and I think they can score. I know they're missing – I know Justin Mapp's out. I know Cameron Porter's out. I know they're missing some pieces, but when you have Inacio Piatti, uh, Dominic Aduro has, has really been a handful in this competition. Uh, you have Dilly Duca as well. I, I think they, they, they have the weapons. They have the pieces to 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 make things interesting, especially if you have a Club America side that gets caught overextended, they get they get caught on the counter. I mean, we saw in the first leg in the first leg that it, down in Azteca, uh, Montreal found opportunities. They found opportunities on the counter, and uh, I think they can find that again. So we'll see. It's going to be a big game, great game. Uh, as far as the prediction, though, man, I, I have to say Club America just because the weapons that they have. I think they're going to get it done. Having said that, it would not shock me at all if Montreal pulls off the Cinderella story. I'm going to say Montreal wins 2-1. to one. It, it, You know what? I'm going to say that they score two goals. Cole America scores a goal in the second half. And then Montreal impact, even though they haven't been able to do it at all during the run to the CONCACAF Champions League final, they held off the opposing team in the second half and they'll walk away with the victory. I'll go 3-2 Club America. Oh, I'll, man. I'll, I'll, 
Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll say Club America puts the goals on in the first half. And then Montreal, with a stirring comeback, pulls it to within 3-2. Uh, but then they fall into, they fall short, and I think Club America wins. And, and you know, it's just history. If you look at just look at history, uh, the Mexican teams find a way. And I think they'll do it again. And, and I'm, you know, I'd be more than happy to see Montreal prove me wrong. But it's just tough when you think about the firepower they have and, uh, and the the payroll that they have and, and and the talent all over the field that they're going to be able to put put on against the Montreal team. Let's that, let's face it, man. They've they've been through the battles. They've lost so many the players. I mean, Evan Bush is out as well, and we still don't know how the the Christian Nick factor, Christian Nick factor is going to be. I mean, could he you know could he crumble under the conditions or could he thrive? Maybe he's the difference. Maybe he's the guy he gets puts ten saves out, completely stonewalls him. That could happen. I mean, I wouldn't sh- that wouldn't completely shock me either. So. Either way, you're going to want to be watching this game because I, I think it's going to be an exciting game, and it's it's going to come to decide. It's not going to be decided till the very end. If anyone wants to, any Montreal Impact fans want to know, I was staying at the Holiday Inn in downtown nah. Montreal. So. <laughs> Listen, man. Uh, if anything, given my track record of, of jinxes and, and, and picking, uh, they should be glad I'm not picking them. Let's be honest. Yeah. Well, we'll see. I mean, look, Club America is going to go in. The captain. Uh, Ruben Sambuesa may be out. Look, there's a lot will happen over the next 24 hours. So, look, you can follow Ivis on Twitter. He'll be up in Montreal, give you all the updates. Moving over to the Americans abroad, Fabian Johnson came up big, Ivis, this past weekend with a huge assist to help Mönchengladbach get a Champions League berth. This is for next year, the third in the Bundesliga. Uh, look, that's huge, Ivis. We're going to have actually have an American Champions League player next year. Yes, and uh, I'm sure Jurgen Klinsmann was very happy about that. <laughs> and uh, and it's and it's interesting, man. I mean, let's not forget Fabian Johnson signed with Mönchengladbach before the World Cup, uh, and and a lot of people looked at it and said, "What? What? Like, why would he do that? Is he crazy? He missed out on a great opportunity, especially given the World Cup that he had. He could have made a bigger move." And 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 there's still validity to those statements. But having said that, he went to Mönchengladbach because it was a bigger club. And and a club that was building, a club that was putting together a squad to make a run at a top spot in the Bundesliga, and they did it. They completed it. They got their Champions League berth. And for Fabian Johnson, think about the year that he had, right? I mean, when he started out the season, uh, he wasn't playing regularly. He, he and and you looked at the loan, and you looked at the move, and you asked yourself, did he make a mistake? Did was his transfer? Did, did he go to the wrong team? Is he gonna make? Is he gonna get on the field? And when you see what he's been able to do second half of the season, uh, force his way into the lineup and and be a regular for them, I mean I think that's huge, and it's huge for the U.S. national team as well to have a player like Johnson, uh, you know, finish off a strong season like that and have some confidence, hopefully heading into the Gold Cup where you where you're gonna expect Johnson to be one of your key players. So. Uh, I think that's big, and I think, and like you said, he's a Champions League player. As German Jones, <laughs> yeah, I know, him say. and Jerome Jones are going to walk around and let everyone know. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, we'll see him next year, and it'll be great to see him against you know the the top teams in the in the Champions League. So I think that's great, and uh, he, like I said, he will be a key key factor for what the U.S. does in the Gold Cup. Uh, moving down to France, Alejandro Bedoya scored a goal. It was a it was a gift goal on, on a corner kick that he headed in, but still, nonetheless, Ivis, a goal for Alejandro Bedoya this past weekend. Yes, he keeps – it's a career year for him. Uh, he, he's, he's been so productive on the attacking side of things, and, and he, like just like Johnson, Bedoya is going to be a big, big factor and, 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 and I think a pretty clear-cut starter for Jurgen Klinsmann. At the Gold Cup, and and I think those two guys, I mean, they could be working opposite each other in the midfield, uh, whatever the case may be. But you know, if you're going to stop a team like 
Mexico with the weapons that they have. And and don't get it twisted, folks. This Mexico team, the full-strength Mexico team, is a handful. And you're going to need guys like Johnson and guys like Bedoya to have outstanding goal cups. Uh, Aaron Johansson scored a goal for Azed. If you haven't seen the goal, watch the highlight. Just one of those plays where just really good offense, nothing that defense could do. Uh, nice to see Aaron Hansen scoring. Ivis is a guy where you know in a few years from now at the World Cup in 2018, you know, you're going to want this guy to be one of your key contributors. Why are we going all the way to 2018? I'm looking ahead, I'm just, I'm just saying, I'm just saying. I mean, he's, like, he's another guy. He should be, at the, he should be, uh, you know, pushing for time at the Gold Cup. But hey, positive for him. Obviously, you know, it hasn't been as big a year for him as last year's was. Uh, but you want to see him building some confidence because, uh, you know, obviously Josie's your your number one as your striker. But, you know, you, you like having forward options. And when you think about, uh, you know, when you have a guy like Juan Agadello maybe kind of trying to force his way back into the conversation, if you're Hanson, you need to get, start getting back on the scoreboard because it's, I think it's going to be a tough, tough competition for minutes at the forward position. And I have this. The hype train has officially begun. Freddie Adu makes his third start, and his club wins its third game in a row. It's official. He needs to be called up to the national team. Stop it. Stop it. No, great. It's great, man. It's great to see him You know, getting the playing time that he went to Finland to get. Uh, and, and I got to say, like the number of games he's played already, I mean, he th- three games in a week, three starts in a week, and then he finished it off with 90 minutes in that 4-0 cup win. For them, and and you know, but by the accounts that I was told, you know, he had a hand in, in almost every goal. He had one assist, but you know, if, if, if we're talking MLS secondary assists, he might have had three or four. He, he's he's starting to come around, and then it's, it's obviously it's the, you know who knows what the the true level of that league is. How do you compare it to say an MLS? It's tough to say. But having said that, it's great to hear that he's getting consistent minutes. Uh, and if you, let me tell you, if you're going to be playing that many games, you're going to get in shape. You're going to get fit. You have no other choice. And we'll see how he does. And we can see we have consistency is the key, right? Because I mean, we haven't seen him put together one full year, uh, maybe ever, maybe maybe not since his first couple years in, uh, at DC United. So uh, this is going to be his. This is his opportunity. And I think right now it looks like he's making the most of it. You know, I, there's a there's a highlight reel for anyone who wants to see how how Freddie Dew did. Just go to YouTube, type in Freddie Dew versus VPS, and I, I mean, obviously he didn't, he didn't look too bad. I mean, he primarily played as a holding midfielder. So you know, watch out, Michael Bradley and Kyle Beckerman. Uh, are you sure that's where he played? They've been he, playing he, him on the right. He told, in this video, he, I mean, in, the, in, the, in these highlights, I mean, these are just highlights that show the whole game, but he did drop down a lot. He seemed to distribute the ball. I mean, he, he looked pretty good. I think he's more of a playmaker than a... No, I agree. Know. I agree. I'm just, I'm just, you know, you know me. I'm just trying to start up the pot here. Just being brat. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, don't think, I don't think D-Mid is in this future. No, I don't, I don't think so either. All right, Ivis, well, with that, it ends today's SBI show. Before I let you go, man, anything else we need to talk about? Uh, I think that's it. I think we touched on it. Obviously, the NASL continues to roll on. Uh, you know, Tampa Bay is doing well. The Cosmos are undefeated. We had another absurd, super long-range goal. Uh, San Antonio defender uh, put that one away. I, 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 I'm not going to try to pronounce his name right now, but uh, it's crazy how many uh, ab- absurd long-range goals we've already seen in NASL, and uh, they're moving. They're rolling along. I, I think it's good to see. Uh, that if you if you ha- if you're not watching, I suggest you watch because I, I think the level is pretty good. Uh, you can watch all the games on ESPN three, and uh, you know the Cosmos are continuing to roll along. Are they are they putting up four or five goals a game? No, is Raul lighting it up? Totally not quite yet. 
but they're winning. They're winning games, and uh, you know what? They, they're playing at a pretty good level. All that matters. Hey, look, as long as you win games, man, that's all that matters. It doesn't have to be pretty. Yep, like yeah, like Chelsea, man. I mean, you know that we can talk about that. They've all they're pretty much going to lock up the the Premier League title, and and you know they win, they beat Arsenal, they beat Arsenal, and how about the burn? I think if there was a burn of the week award, it would go, it would go to Jose Mourinho uh, when uh, when he was asked about about the Arsenal fans chanting "boring, boring Chelsea," <laughs> and Mourinho's response was. Uh, I think not winning a league title in ten years is boring, <laughs> and it's like, oh, like, oh snap! Like it was like, like the, that was like the perfect comeback. So, you know what? If you get, if you're getting your results, that's what matters. Exactly. That's all that matters. All right. Well, Ivis, enjoy Montreal, man. Enjoy the game on Wednesday, and we'll have a show later this week to recap the Cock Camp Champions League and preview the upcoming weekend of Major League Soccer. Ivis, I'll let you go, man, and uh, enjoy yourself up there. Thanks, man. And as always, everyone, thank you for listening to the show. Thank you for the reviews. Thank you for the comments on the website. For Ivis Glarsev, I am Garrett Cleverly. This is The SBI Show.